are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's up, Ray? Hey, man. Sorry I was running a little late today. Busy. Uh, lots of going down at the at work. Yeah. So, well, I was running late, too, and I'd let you know like an hour in advance. like people Was it work-related? Uh, no, not really. I just uh, I usually go for a walk on my lunch break, oh, and the gotcha. walk kind of pushed late because I had appointments. It's just a busy time. But maybe you were so. tr- having trouble finding the baby oil. <laughs> I always know where the baby oil is. Oh. Oh. Never, never an issue there. But yeah, but one of those days, I guess we're both a little late. Trisden, uh, as you know, the business I work for, and again, like I used to say about old owners, new owners will never hear this, um, but this is why racism will never die. Okay? Okay. This is a good way to start the show. Extreme common sense. Come for the racism. Stay for the homophobia. And whatever racism. So these in the next 30 are, seconds, Trisden does not stand behind, nor do our sponsors, nor anybody affiliated with Extreme Common Sense, including Troy. And uh, yes, thank you. Thank you. For go, the, go ahead. Thank you for the There's disclaimer. The disclaimer. Um, this is not me. I'm saying someone else might think this, though. Okay. Not me. It Definitely never, not It you. never occurred to me. Sure. But these new owners are making changes and they're actually um, starting Monday blowing out a whole section of the room. They went down to Orlando and bought like 40 gaming machines and spent a lot of money. So they are hell bent to do this project. I had lobbied to have them start on the 2nd of January. I thought they agreed to that because Lucas said to me, really doesn't make a difference what we think. And then we got an email saying contractors are going to be there Monday as in this, (laughs) as in this coming Monday to start. So we've got to hustle and get all this stuff out of these different rooms while uh, we're doing, you know, one of the busiest months of the year, December. Again, not me, but I was thinking someone else with English blood coursing through their veins, as do I, might think, listen, Aji, my people indentured yours for 150 years, oh. and, and we can go back to that if you want to. Oh, wow. But this is why racism will never die. Yeah. Because thoughts like that go through. That's why I say everybody's a little bit racist. But does having a racist thought make you racist or does acting on the thought make you racist? No, I think using Haji makes me racist. Saying it on a public (laughs) podcast and sort of implicating me in your awfulness. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not implicating you. Fair enough. I have never had a a negative thought. Disclaimer, they're very, very nice guys, but, you know, it's just like, anyway. Moving on. Never, I, I may have told it on the podcast. Ever tell my really, really racist thing I did accidentally in my life? It's a completely true story. And uh, until this day, I think about it and I cringe and I feel so bad about it. I've probably told it on the podcast. I'll ask Todd, who listens to every episode. Uh, Thank you, Todd. Who's Todd? Uh, Todd Clanton, one of my college baseball teammates. Does he he really? Yeah, he listens on Spotify. His his Spotify came back. We were his number one listened to of the year. Thank you. What a wonderful human. Yeah. But uh, he's obviously a masochist. so, So, yeah, he, yeah. I'll ask him if I've told it on the show before, but in college, there was a kid, a black guy. He was just one of those guys. Like he would, he would instigate and pick, uh, was kind of a dick, you know, and uh, we would play basketball against each other. And he was one of these guys like, man, he would just slap the shit out of your hands, trying to steal the ball, just really aggressively and knew what he was doing, you know, trying to piss you off kind of a Dennis Rodman type. Right. And uh, so we, I don't, I don't know that if he ever wanted to actually step up and fight. It felt more like words and kind of, you know, just bluster. 
But God, he made me so mad one day. And I don't know. It takes so much to kind of get me to that point. And again, this is 20 years ago, but we're playing basketball and he was wearing his intramural basketball jersey. And the team name of his basketball team at the time was the boys, B-O-I-S, which is like boy, but spelled B-O-I-S. So like we got in each other's face. We're having this argument and I poked him in the chest and I said, now you better back the F up, boy. And it, because it was on his shirt, not because I was thinking in a racist, like, boy, boy, you know, and then I thought I got home. I said, oh no, I called him a boy. Like I would never have done that intentionally, uh-huh, but, funny. but you know, I've, I've, and I hate the kid, but I've genuinely felt bad about that's that now funny. for 20 years. So well, I'm glad his team name didn't start with an N. That's funny. Thank God for that. One story reminds another, you know, I, I, I grew up as I've often said in Lily white suburbs in New Jersey. And uh, I played CYO basketball in eighth grade, and this team from Patterson came up. Same as the radio station. WCYO, yeah, CYO basketball. It was a a, a Catholic youth organization, CYO. Nice. That's funny. Just like WCYO. Who knew? 100.7, the Coyote. There you go. Uh, Now, they are affiliated with your racism. (laughs) You can put that. No, just kidding. (laughs) That's a possibility. All right, go ahead. I'm guarding this black kid, and he slaps my hand. I have my hand on him, and he my hand, Trizan. I mean, slaps the shit out of me and says, keep your hands off me. Now, I wish I could tell the story as I got right in his face, F you, but he scared the shit out of me. Sure. I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this about? I mean, yeah. now, if I were, you know, that guy more aggressive, I would have got right in his face, F you, but I didn't. Sure. He scared me. He, he accomplished what he wanted. He intimidated the shit out of me. Yeah. That's a true story. That's fine. Well, it is and, funny. And I'll say this too, like w- when I came to Berea College, having played in a very rural white uh, town and, you know, playing basketball all my life, coming to Berea College where they recruited a lot of African-American students from like Alabama, sure. inner cities, they're kind of known for and it. And overseas. Doing that. Sure. No. And like, I will say, and it's always tough to make these blanket statements, but I bet it's true that if you go to a mostly inner city black basketball game where kids are playing from the neighborhood. It's a rougher game than the rural white kids because they're jumping back and shooting threes. And I mean, it was really, really aggressive. And it was and it was an adjustment to get used to that type of basketball. So I'm a senior in high school. I agree 100 percent. I'm a senior in high school and the Yankees and Royals, the Yankees of Chris Shambliss, Greg Nettles, Thurman Munson yeah. and the Royals of George Brett and company, Frank White. Dan Clinsonberry. Yes. And they're playing year after three straight years, which I think the Yankees got them every year to go to the World Series. And we were going to, I've never been to a World Series game, been to several playoff games, mostly Yankees-Royals. And we used to park on the other side, uh, we have to walk across this pedestrian bridge to Yankee Stadium, to the Bronx. And these kids, so this is 1976, 77, these black kids are playing basketball. And I think I've told this story too. Todd, let me know. <laughs> well, we were so enamored at the game probably six or eight white guys watching 10 black guys and they kind of got a kick out of us watching them we definitely got a kick out of the way they were playing but it was the game that would come to the nba the nba still then was a lot of bill bradley type shooters from outside no three-point shot but it wasn't the transition game that the nba has become but these kids were playing that game yeah it wasn't a game we were familiar with sure but it was like wow check this fucking game out it's these black kids just running up and down slamming no net just a rim you know yeah and they're like look at these white boys from the you know no we really hadn't it was the game that was coming it is fascinating and and that's one of those things that i wouldn't have thought like i'm gonna go play you know basketball with a group of five guys and it's gonna be substantially noticeably different in the same age same height weight but just a different ballgame yes absolutely so, different fascinating ballgame. now 
uh, my brother Tommy, who worked at UPS, where it was a lot of diversity, it was in uh, Parsippany, New Jersey, and there were black, white. He got hooked up in a game which was like nine black dudes and him, but Tommy was a pretty good shooter. And they were like, they were cool. It's, it's like the typical thing. Get the white guy freed up because he's going to hit the best. Steve Kerr, baby. You know? And the brothers yeah. knew it. You know, it's like, hey, man, you can ball a little bit. That's cool. Oh, both basketball has really become a cultural thing. Yeah. I mean, it's sure. really, there's so much identity. And, and in fact, a lot of African-Americans, there's plenty of uh, uh, gentlemen of color playing baseball, but they're largely from the islands. There really aren't that many African-Americans in Major League Baseball. down a lot. Less every last, year. Yeah. Yeah, really Which is. is sad. Oh, uh, God, there were so many great, I mean, I, for my money, the greatest baseball player ever was the Say Hey Kid, Willie Mays. Oh, well, tough to argue that. But tough to argue, right? And Hank yeah. Aaron right up there. Reggie you know? Jackson, a lot of those. Joe Morgan. Satchel Page, baby. And just yeah. on and on. Josh Indeed. Gibson, who never played uh, Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. But listen, I did want to talk about this today. So there's just been this... Uh, Dearth. Is that the right word? What does dearth mean? I don't know. Does dearth, dearth. mean shortage or excess? That's out of my link. That's, yeah. Tom, Sorry. what does fucking dearth mean? Todd, I, I think tell dearth, us what. Should we Google dearth? You know, you, then you'd have to spell it. <laughs> I know what girth means. I can tell you about that, Ray. <laughs> Plenty of girth for you. <laughs> don't know dearth, but, don't I, know dearth, but I know dearth. I know girth. There has been an excess of older folks dying. There was uh, yeah. Rosalind Carter, Henry Kissinger. There was Sandra Day O'Connor. Um, uh, Norman Lear, the great oh, Norman yeah. Lear at Indeed. 101, the creator of All in the Family, which I mean is just one of the great shows ever and, and on and on Norman Lear. Charlie Munger, does that name mean, mean, mean anything? Nothing. All right. So Mr. Munger was basically Warren Buffett's running mate. He lived to be 99. Okay. And he died worth a mere like $3 billion. Oh, wow. He doesn't have Poor Buffett's guy. worth. Yeah. Well, he gave fortunes away, but he had what I thought. So he's one of the greatest investors in American history. And he's a crusty old bastard, and he used to hold these uh, almost TED Talks, Charlie Talks, and people, all kinds of people would come and hear him at his home, actually. But he said something, Tristan, that really struck me, especially with, with what I see now with these Indian guys and the way they you know, spend their money and, and acquire stuff. Charlie Munger said, it's not hard to get a million dollars. It's hard to get $100,000. Oh, that's, Yeah. Because if you've, makes got, sense. if you've got $100,000, just think about us right now. You go to your local banker, and in my case, it would probably be uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Alan uh, Ludson at um, Stockyards Bank. And you say, Alan, I've got $100,000, and I would like to buy a $500,000 eight-unit apartment. I've got 20% down. Can you finance 400000 Yeah, you got your payment, hopefully covered by the – well, you almost have to make it covered by the – renters. And now you've got $500,000 in equity to use on your next building and your next building and your next building. It's what these fucking Indians have figured out. Leveraging debt is all they care about. Yeah. It's exactly the opposite of the Dave Ramsey model. You guys still carry Dave? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I do still hear him periodically. <laughs> well, Dave, Dave would, that would complete anathema to Dave. Dave would tell you to uh, eat rice and beans, beans and rice, drive an old car, work two jobs, get yourself out of debt, never borrow a nickel. Right. You can you can make yourself comfortable that way, Tristan. You're never going to be rich. You that's know you true. know you know how you get rich by yeah. leveraging debt. Yeah, ask Donald Trump. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, that's how you get wealthy. I learned this fucking lesson too late in life. But if you're a young person out there, but there's good debt and bad debt. That's good debt. You've right. got yourself an eight unit apartment complex that you owe four hundred grand on, but the money's coming from the renters. Now you can get another one and another one and another one. Yeah. And but Mr. Munger's point was. 
It's hard to get that first hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. What is something like sixty percent of Americans couldn't come up with a thousand dollars for an emergency? Wow. It's some crazy figure yeah, like that. That's true. So how are you going to get to a hundred thousand dollars? That's it. Right. But once you've got that first hundred thousand, you should be able to make yourself wealthier. Or yeah. like me, you can be very conservative. I mean, I actually do have. I have saved that much money, but I'm sixty three years old, and it's taken me a long time now. Do I want to take it and throw it out? onto risk it no i don't and as i said Tristan, it's another person it's not me another person would think. Right, of course another person as they say on the the, but, the fox news late night show a racist might say yeah a racist might say yes yeah, a racist might say but 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 the thing that struck me is this is why racism never goes away because those thoughts are never that far and i'm a guy who fights that stuff all the time but it never are you familiar with avenue q it was the filthy sesame street it was on broadway and it traveled we it's it's uh it's uh, Muppets on Sesame Street now the Muppets are the Muppets in Sesame Street but it's Sesame Street characters who live on Avenue Q but it's basically R rated if not X rated one of their songs is the Internet is for Porn all these Sesame Street characters are singing it <laughs> not seen and another song is Everybody's a Little Racist nice yeah Avenue Q you should check it out will, it's pretty funny I will make a note so. That was my thought on Mr. Munger. May he rest in peace. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty good financial advice. Uh, man, it's it's not hard to get a million dollars, but it's hard to get $100,000. That struck me. Yeah, pretty good. So sort of talking about how Donald Trump, obviously, and, and I think part of the reason he's in trouble is using or sort of inflating figures to get additional income and additional income when he essentially was just lying through his teeth, right? I think that's a big part of the fraud charges. <laughs> In New York, to say his buildings are worth this so he can get additional loans on those buildings, and it's not the case. So, Right. Uh, well, I guess there's that, yeah. So on the heels of that, I guess I'll, I'd like to ask you about the clip of Andrew Cuomo that you sent me maybe middle of the week. Right. You, so he was on, who was he talking to? Who was I, don't, I think it was a podcast, actually. Oh, was, was it Mar? No, it wasn't Mar. No, I think it was he was on a podcast. There's okay. other, there are one or two other podcasts other than ours. I don't know Which if is you knew that. stupid. That yeah, people, they really don't yeah. need any others. We've got us. I would agree. You know. I mean, you get all the racism you need right here. <laughs> um, but, but I feel like, and I'll paraphrase what Andrew Cuomo was saying. <laughs> I'm still thinking about, I don't know dearth, but I know girth. <laughs> <laughs> Girth Brooks was my Girth country Brooks. music name when I toured for a while in the 90s. I, I thought that would be When I would do Chip in, I did Chippendales at Galaxy Bowling, I was Girth Brooks. Girth Brooks. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, we're silly today. One of those days. Let me blame the uh, oxycodone on my mom. Nice. Well, it's always fun to be if on Oh, my mother-in-law. Keep a good thought for her. She fell and fucking shattered her ankle this morning. Oh, shit. Yes, well, she did. Yeah, will do. Or fractured. I shouldn't say shattered. But, yeah. So Patty's dealing with that. Yeah. But she did get she some oxycodone. Did something similar not that long ago, Man, right? this woman, uh, God bless her, she's 90 years old and just keeps the middle finger up to the Grim Reaper. <laughs> it just, it's amazing. Nice. It's incredible. Yeah. And God bless her, you know? Yeah. I had dinner with her last night. We went over and had a wonderful uh, pork chop dinner with applesauce and beans that Patty had made and had a pleasant dinner with uh, with uh, my mother-in-law. And um, this morning she fell at 6.30. And you laid down banana peels on the way out? Crack goes the ankle, you, know? you bastard. Don't give away my secrets. <laughs> but yes, so Todd and our other three listeners, yes, please yes. Keep, raise mother-in-law in your prayers. Uh but again, I think the Cuomo clip was he was basically saying, 
America strong enough to withstand a second Trump term, that we have enough safeguards in place, our country is strong enough, that even if Trump came in full force, won the election, decided he wanted to stay as an authoritarian leader, wouldn't matter, he would be gone. That was pretty fucking bold when you've got Liz Cheney, who's a you know, longtime senator, saying the exact opposite Cong- of that. Congresswoman. But she, was, she, oh, right. okay. she just wrote a book. She was, yes. Yeah, she just wrote a book, and she's making the rounds. Yeah, and, and man, what do you think? To me, that's a pretty naive statement to make because so, uh, it was awful fucking close last time. Well, and, and I continually told my brother, whose name comes up a lot, because I think he's a pretty faithful listener, too. So, Todd, Tom, thank you so much. We've got the T's covered. Have a T name. Yeah, man. yeah. Um, but I said that to Tommy that I thought the guardrails would, would hold, and I think they did. Um, but his point, because I sent that to my brother as well, was the problem is if Trump gets back in, Basically, now you have uh, it's not just that whether Trump, Biden are comparable. It's basically a vote for January 6th. It's a vote for everything that Trump attempted to do. Now he's now he feels further emboldened. But can I just add this caveat? Sure. I'm coming around on Trump when he stood there, (laughs) when he stood, when he stood with or sat with Hannity and Hannity has given him every reason to, you know, you're going to try and. Use the office to, you know, uh, go after people. go after people, and I'll only be a dictator on day one. You gotta love this guy because he's, he he just he just tweaks the shit out of the left. Like there are lefties whose head is just exploding when he says that. I think this is why. I think this is why. I I think really what you and I need to do if a Trump rally comes close by, we gotta go. And we just got to see what these people are like. They say they're fun. fun. And I had they, tickets they to the one in Richmond. I wish uh, I should have went. Yeah, they, they say people have fun. They have a good time. I mean, to say that, you are just like, I'll leave my brother out of it. But I could just see him like, oh, this asshole. And it's like, the guy is just tweaking you, man. He's, uh, what's it? What's the term on when you're online trolling? He's trolling you. He's just tweaking and trolling you, man. Don't let him get the best of you. I, I actually laughed when I heard that. You got to give that asshole all the credit for that. Well, yeah. Is he good at owning the libs? Oh, my of God. Of course he is. That's that's his whole platform. The and Republicans what, gave up the platform for trolling the libs behind Trump. And that's what MAGA loves. Yeah, 100%. He could come out tomorrow and be pro-abortion or anti-abortion or fucking pro-death penalty. Nobody cares. It's owning the libs and whatever Trump says, that's what we like. And the culture wars is why the evangelicals love him. And he got over, you know, he, he got him on, he, he got him abortion overturned. So, I mean, it's just crazy stuff, man. But, but to say that the balls to say that, like this guy is like nothing we've ever seen. Well, and I think too, I, I would like to have watched that town hall, but I've only seen clips, but I guess Hannity tried to get him to address that like three times yeah. before he said anything. Yeah. He was just not going to own you know, not he, because he is, he said time and time again, <laughs> he's going to get in. He's going to appoint who he wants as, you know, Department of Justice. And he's going to go after everybody. Mike Lindell, they the pillow did, guy, secretary to, of state. Yeah, They did it to him. So he's going to go after Do it them. right back. So, I mean, he well, is that's, I think that. that was part of his answer too. Hannity said, would you ever use the office to go after your political opponents? What? Like they're doing to me now. Right. And when MAGA hears that, they're like, that's our guy. Yeah. I mean, Trump knows his audience so fucking well. Oh, 100%. Oh, and they just love him for it. And I did chuckle as a progressive when I heard him say that. I chuckled. I'm like, you've got to give it to this guy. That is beautiful. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, there's never a dull moment. There's never a we dull said moment. It, you know, for four years, it was like, God damn, it would be nice to wake up and just 
Well, you that's know, something just not be about Donald Trump for four years. Exactly. And, and that was what we liked about Biden. And I guess so absolutely. quickly we forget. Absolutely. Well, we didn't have any drama for three months. It's so. very nice to ha- to not have to think about who the president is, isn't it? Right. And yes. by the way, and if I may. it's so fast. And if I may, Tristan, and this has nothing to do with Joe Biden, nor did it have anything to do with Donald Trump. It's just the way the market ebbs and flows. I paid two sixty one for gas the other day. That's so if, nice. if you want to give Biden credit, give him credit. I won't. But I don't think it's I'll, a presidential I'll just make, credit it's not, thing. But. It's not. But I'll just make the point that, oh, by the way, I paid 261 Now, if it were 461 Hannity would be on it every day. Oh, sure. I don't hear Fox saying, oh, you know, they paid 261 Gas prices are pretty nice Oh, right they're now. pretty good. Good yeah, job, it, Mr. President. Yeah, you're definitely not going to hear the people that bitched and moaned for a year after COVID about gas prices. Now, giving Biden credit, if assuming they think it's due. But, but going back to the Cuomo thing, so essentially, Andrew Cuomo feels like you know, there's enough safeguards in place. Uh, Chris, Chris Cuomo. Chris, okay, so Andrew's the Chris, governor. Yeah, yeah, Andrew was the governor. Okay, yeah, yeah I always get him confused. So Chris's brother uh, was interviewed and said that it would be fine. It's no big deal. That's basically what he said. And, I, I mean, he was one Mike Pence decision away from certainly throwing chaos into our system of government. Yeah. And, oh, he did throw chaos into it. Well, there was chaos into it, but I feel like it felt like to literally trying to overturn to, American to overturn democracy. democracy and stay in place as president. But see, Tristan, here's the problem and the disconnect. If we brought a MAGA person in and anybody is welcome, please come in and talk with us. We're pretty easy guys. We laugh easy. We want to hear what you have to say. I'd love to hear evangelicals on and on and on. I think a MAGA person would say, well, it's the left that's trying to overturn democracy. Donald Trump's trying to save democracy. The left wants to shut down speech and they want to force lifestyles upon us. And the left wants to shut down democracy. It's not Donald Trump. And that therein lies where we are in this country. But there's a false equivalency there because you can say, yes, colleges are bitches and they don't want to bring speakers that disagree with them on campus. And that by default is hurting freedom of speech. Yes, agreed. It's dumb. And even people on our side agree with that. But there's a difference between that and running as a presidential candidate and saying the, the the election was rigged and the voting machines were rigged. And there's people behind the scenes acting as mules with fake votes when there's no evidence whatsoever of that. That's a different thing. So I did not watch the debate last night. I did, didn't either. I didn't even know about it. I couldn't right. even record I, I, it. I, I knew about, I remembered it. it was advertised, and then I thought about it when I went to some television after 10 o'clock and they were talking post-debate. I was like, oh, shit. But I saw a couple of clips. What do you make of my Indian friend, Vivek Ramaswamy? He's doing what you're talking about. He's talking now about a, a rigged election. So basically, he's, what, auditioning for Veep? VP, or, or, 100%. You know, but what do you make of that? I mean, this is a, a serious, I guess, a serious man. He's built a couple of very successful businesses, and he's basically saying the election of 2020 was fucking rigged. Really, Vivek? That's your line now? That's your approach to this? That's, I guess, the appeal? But why are we shitting on Vivek when the guy who could be president is the one oh, saying, like, it's oh, hard we've to- we shit on him. Well, true, but it's hard to even focus on his underlings, the people that are trying to eat his scraps. Well, my point when- is, that has a that's a foothold, man. I guess this is what my brother would say. Do you not see that there's a foothold here? So for guys like me who say, listen, stop worrying, the system is good, the guardrails will hold. Others are saying, wait a minute, man, it's really the, the the horse is very far out of the corral now. The barn door is fully open and this this could actually happen. You know, it happened in Hungary. It happened in Poland where democracies went back to uh, of people didn't love it so much. I mean, there's there's polling that says like 47 percent of Americans, not just people on the right, also some on the left say, yeah, we would give up some liberties for somebody who agreed with the way we are, you know, the way we feel. 
it's that's hard. where it gets real dangerous. Well, yes, it's dangerous. And again, we've got a person saying, essentially, this is what I want to do. This vermin on the other side that I hate so bad, like I'm going to get in there and do all the things I need to do to, you know, stay in power. Well, there are people saying, take Trump at his word. Don't just, you know, laugh at it like I'm doing. It's kind of fun. But yeah, take him at his word. I think you can do both, but I'm definitely taking him at his word because I think that's sort of what he did the first time. People said, oh, that's just Trump trolling. That's just Trump being Trump. And he says a lot of things that he doesn't mean. We fucking did everything he said he was going to do. And again, I'm not saying I agree with this, but t- Tony, I think Tony, if we get Tony back on the show, we'll flat out ask him. And Tony, you got to answer this time. Don't say I didn't get enough sleep and I don't have the answer. So think about it. You got to <laughs> hey, give us Tony and Aaron an next answer. week. Tony and Aaron next week. Oh, really? Show. That's my goal. Okay. So and that's my what nephew I'm to uh, told me that he's got uh, uh, Christmas to New Year's off and would love to do a show, The Attorney in Virginia. Perfect. Yeah, so, you you yes. find out and let me know. We'll zoom in whenever. Perfect. Riverside in whenever. But I think Tony and or Aaron would tell you that, and I'll let them speak for themselves, but uh, that the left is trying to do that. The left is trying to shut things down. It's not Trump. Trump's not the anti a democracy guy, but golly, man, really? That's your answer? That, you know. But again, I, I feel not, like. And it's you a would false say not. It's a, right. It's not. It's all things aren't equal. Yeah. And, and again, you can say, look, you hate how the left has gone on free speech. You can say, I hate how much more trans things I see in society than there were 10 years ago. Look, there's a lot of things that you can say and have issue with, but we didn't have a rally on January 6th that, you know, tried to over, tried to siege our capital and. Are you know still our candidate is saying with no evidence whatsoever that the election was stolen from him? So Ramaswamy, because I did see him interviewed post debate. Yeah. So now uh, this Mike Johnson released more footage of January sixth, right. and a lot of the faces were blurred because they didn't want people to be prosecuted. Which that's crazy, right? A little crazy. Yeah, Ramaswamy is using that as evidence now that this really wasn't a big deal, and in fact, it might have been a and I quote inside job. Wow. Because the Capitol Police willingly open the doors, let people in. So you, so this is, I guess, the danger, as people on the left would say, is that this is just red meat for MAGA. Like, you see, it wasn't us. This was an inside. I mean, so that fight goes on. But that, like, are you, but like, are people literally really so blind that they could see a few minutes of calm on this day? Like, you could literally see a house before a tornado hits and say, Oh, well, tornadoes aren't real because I don't know, like I'm coming up, I'm not coming up with a great example, but you can have a a photo of Hitler where he's doing something nice. It doesn't mean he's not the worst person ever. (laughs) Like, so you could show some clips, I'm sure on January 6th where cops aren't getting bashed in the head, but also the head bashings did also occur. They did. So you can't just, well, here's, you know, five minutes of calm. But it's just interesting to me that Ramaswamy has chosen that. Now, here's the good news. His poll numbers have dropped. He was at 7%. He's at 5%, 3%. He ain't going to be the guy. He's basically a charlatan. But the ultimate charlatan, he just rolls along. Right. He just fucking rolls along, man. And it's good. Talk about Teflon Don. It's going to be close, too. I think if if it's Biden, Trump, and it goes, you know, I think, man, it's going to be wire to wire and you know, look, there's a lot of things about our party that I hate, but I, I can't. It's hard to even imagine talking about that because you know Joe Biden's going to slip and fall. Joe Biden's going to, you know, sign the wrong deal with Saudi Arabia. Joe Biden's not going to, you know, invite people to to take out the House of Representatives to try and steal an election he didn't win. Uh, do you know the name Dan Abrams? Yeah. Okay. So he's on his show the other night. And I'm yelling at the television. He's like, you know, we do have to give Republicans some credit. They're uh, the, the RNC credit. They're you know, they're scheduling these debates and they're holding to them, even though Trump isn't isn't uh, debating. 
When is the DNC going to get uh, Joe Biden in a debate? And I'm yelling, he's the fucking president. He doesn't have to debate. What are you right. talking about? I mean, this, this Phillips guy from Minnesota, he, Dean Phillips, he, yeah. see, I like him. I think he'd be Fine a great. enough, sure. But he doesn't have to debate Dean Phillips. He's no. the fucking president of the United States. I what do you agree. mean, when are they going <laughs> to get Biden in a debate? Fuck you. Yeah, no, and I, I would agree with that, too. But I guess my thing is, is I haven't heard. No, I, yeah, I did. I asked a buddy of mine who happens to be one of the most fervent Republicans I know this week. I won't say his name. I'm sure he doesn't want to be mentioned. Wonderful human being. One of my favorite people. On Not Earth. Todd. Not Todd. Oh, ironically enough, his name is Todd. But I won't say, but it's a different Todd. So, <laughs> so it funny, is all so team you, you did call Todd out. But no, and I said, look, I'm going to probably talk about this on my podcast. I mean, you candidly, you have to feel like Trump is a threat to democracy as it stands. And he's like, no, not at all. See, that's what I'm saying. But I, where is that disconnect? How do you see what happened? And, and again, I know they, I'm in my bubble. We're in our bubble. Because for sure, they but. think the left is more dangerous than anything Trump represents with homosexual union, with transgender lifestyle, with abortion. They're coming after their guns that the that the left represents more decline in democracy, according to MAGA world then MAGA world and Trump represents to the, they don't see that democracy ending. But it's not really a decline in democracy, right? They're just saying to like, them it is. the moral decay of society. No, oh, no, no, no. I think there's plenty in MAGA that think that, you know, uh, AOC and Nancy Pelosi would love a one party rule. I mean, that's something they talk about often. And Trump has so masterfully played that violin. But where's the evidence of that? Oh, according of to them, it's ev it's everywhere. You know, it's everywhere. Look at, you know, look at the lifestyle. There's, I'm being forced to, to, you know, my kid is being told that to accept every lifestyle. And if I stand up and say, no, I don't want him to accept it because to me, it's an abnormal thing. I'm an asshole. And they'll tell me I'm an asshole and they want to shut me up. I mean, so th that but how's that related stuff, so. to government more so than society? Well, I think they're saying now, you, you know, they want to teach this to my kids in school. The schools are the government, so sure. they want to teach my kids this, and I don't have any say in it. And damn it, that pisses me off. And you know, and again, that's masterfully played by the right. I mean, turn Fox News on for five oh, minutes, I, and you'll I, see it. Yeah, and and credit to to Fox News, and credit to Rupert Murdoch, and and, and these people. They found they their do niche. A phenomenal job in finding something and then fucking hammering it into your head over and over. Hillary's emails, you know, addled old Joe Biden, you know, Hunter Biden's worse than the devil. Like, you know, the don't Democrats they don't. just they don't do it masterfully, do don't you they? Just, yeah. And you never see that catchphrase sort of politics done by Democrats. They this, just don't do it. This is going to sound so terribly pretentious. So guilty as charged. I'm, I'm a racist and a pretentious asshole. I got it. Satan, uh, what's your address for the hate mail? I, I often said uh, that the reason conservative media did so well and was so popular, and I guess now you'd say Trump the same, versus liberal media is because conservatism, you were having fun last week with, uh, you know, my God good, your God bad. Okay, it's it's much like that. Like conservatism can be wrapped up into a neat present and bow on it and fed red meat. Liberalism takes a lot of work. It takes a lot There's to explain. There. There's a whole yeah. lot of nuance, and it takes a lot of work to understand why we should ask the question, what did America do to cause these fucking guys 20 years ago to fly their planes where I almost got beaten up, which is a, a big embellishment. It was just these Marines looked at me like, fuck you, asshole. No, we don't. We're never asking that question. Right. To me, that question has to be asked. There's that kind of nuance that exists with liberalism, which is also drives people. It's much like the religious thing we were talking about last week, Tristan. I would love to have that conviction where I didn't have. 
I've said my lot in life is I see both sides of everything and I ask questions and God darn it, that is a huge burden. That is a huge cross to bear. I would much prefer to be stuck in one corner where I thought I was right all the time. Black and, and white's a lot you. easier than gray. A lot easier. A lot easier. A lot easier than gray. Well, we say you're going back to when I was more of a religious person as a young man. I mean, it's life's a whole lot easier when everything is just, well, that's right. That's wrong. And I'm, you know, you don't want to have to sit and think, well, maybe that lady that's an awful parent who happened to be a, you know, drug abuser was beaten by her father as a kid or like once you start sure. what's the reason for that and with like you find yourself a a little bit more empathetic but fucking nothing is black and white anymore everything becomes gray are not conservatives much more black and white than liberals sure in my doesn't make either part either one of them bad but it makes them yeah. difficult to interact with each other yeah like you know you or i might walk in walmart and see a guy who uh is high on drugs and i'll use that my real world example of my friend that was uh, in a car wreck taken to hospital, ended up on uh, opiates. Now I'll see him at Walmart, like talking to the ceiling and stuff, like mm. owned his own business. Like mm. one of my clients, like played church league softball with the mm. guy, wonderful guy. I'm going to walk into Walmart and see him, even if I didn't know him and be like, you know, you still have your initial feelings, but part of you is going to be empathetic. Man, sure. I feel bad. Probably some mental illness there, maybe some childhood trauma. Like that's where my mind goes. It would be nice to walk in, see a guy talking to the ceiling in Walmart and go, ah, piece of shit, and keep walking, right? And I think that may be a bit of the difference, too. Yes. Not always, but certainly you see a lot of that. Yeah, uh, yes, and and that's more the political. Uh, just to, just to um, because you can't reiterate this enough, you and I both have, be, between us now, we've lived here 70 years, and- there are just so many wonderful people here. When I say here, I mean the heartland. I mean Kentucky. So many wonderful people, probably Trump supporters, just great folks. So ever think that we're saying this, um, this is the whole point of the show, extreme common sense. We, we bring our coastal, especially me, because I spent 28 years in Jersey, the Northeast of bluest, you know, the, as I say, I, I came from the bluest of blue states and I live in the reddest of red states. Give me some credit. Right. And you have I, seen both sides. That's a fair. You know, I don't shit on New Jersey because it's blue or shit on Kentucky because it's red, because after all, people are people. But it's awfully tough. I have a, I have innately because of the person I am, I see both sides and now I'm forced to live both sides. And I just see the difficulty of bringing them together because my Ooh, goodness, there, there's a lot there. Oh, it's so tough. And it's not just people here. You know, again, I give my brother a lot of credit, but he's fairly closed minded Northeasterner. Who thinks that, you know, Buzz, how can you live amongst these people? You know, now I'm sorry, Tom, if I'm picking on you, but you know, that's an expression. Like sure. he, he doesn't mind. He's been down here enough to know there's a lot of good folks and I've made a nice life for myself, but I don't know that he could do it. Well, there's an equal and opposite type of person that and, and closed mindedness doesn't stop because you feel like you're closed minded, but you love the poor and you're closed minded and you're pro food stamps and pro abortion. You're still being closed minded. Well, that's true. So there is still yeah. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, it doesn't just because you're more educated and maybe you have a, a sharper IQ doesn't necessarily make you unclosed minded. You can still be completely shut off to the plight of folks that live where we live. Yes, 100 percent. And yeah. that's what happens. And so, yeah. So when somebody up there says, you know, fuck your guns, that a may work for them in a blue state where, you know, they're that may be the more common, you know, ideology, but it, you, it, it's tough to make blanket statements like that, that, you know, would affect 
both parts of the country, the the coasts and the center of the country, the same. Yeah, oh, it's just all so difficult, and it's and again, you know, now and and as you like to say, social media has probably just greatly, um, you know, enhanced all of that, all of that friction and and all of that inability Absolutely. to get along. And you, the things that are said on social media that you'd never say to a person face to face this true. way, which is one of the reasons I wanted to do this show so much, because, you, you know, you want an outlet for this and you want to talk about it. And you can't do that online because it immediately becomes you're a fucking idiot and I'm right. And no, no, that's not true. You're a fucking idiot and I'm right. So having, you know, a situation where we can have the show and bring on people that we disagree with and you know, try to see where people are coming from and humanizes all these arguments. And that's something that not a lot of folks are doing. Can I give us a little bit of credit? So Raymond, uh, we, Patty and I actually went to uh, Western Bowling Green to see Eastern Western on Sunday. Nice. Man, it's a long day. It's a three and a half hour drive. Yeah. Time change. Indeed. It, it was a four o'clock game central time. We left the house at one our time, got home about 10 o'clock at night. That's a long day to watch a basketball game. But Raymond had to drive out for work and he was driving out with two of his coworkers. Uh, Devin and um, um, Taya, Taya, I believe. And uh, he put the podcast on. So they were listening to another podcast that ended. And he kind of jokingly said, hey, you want to hear my dad's podcast? And it was the death show. Oh, nice. And Devin said to me, Devin's probably 25, works with Ray. He was like, uh, hey, he does call me Ray, not Mr. White. Call me Mr. White. No, Devin's fine. Uh, <laughs> Ray is fine. But he was like, Ray, that show was, uh, that was pretty heavy. It was pretty intellectual. Wow. The death show. I've never been accused of that before. <laughs> so I'm going to mark that down. And yeah. these are young kids. And because I, I was teasing them at the game, I was like, oh, Raymond didn't subject you to our podcast, did he? <laughs> Thanks, and he's Ray. Like, he's like, no. And then Raymond told me a couple days later, Devin went and listened to a little more. Really? Yeah. Really nice. Yeah, that, that's cool. You. It is always nice when people listen. It is nice to get a little affirmation. Especially, yeah, because you see the numbers, but it's nice when you know somebody. Because I'll say this, and I, I'm always amazed, and I don't know if amazed is the right word, but like, Nobody in my family, none of my friends are going to turn this on. None of them. So the fact that well, you, Todd, you're well, except Todd, one of my best friends now of all time, because he listens. Oh, you, that's not true. Brandon but, listens. Uh, yeah. Well, the, periodically. You know, uh, yeah. Cars Cars in Kentucky. Kentucky. That's yeah. true. But, uh, we got to bring him back on. He's probably yeah. bored listening since we haven't had him on. Tony listens. You yeah. got Tony. But you know what I mean? Like my close inner circle of people that I'm around, like nobody likes me enough to listen. And your whole family seems to, which There's is pretty cool. There's a few cool. of them. Yeah. Good, huh? for, good for you for being alike. You got to get a few more of your family listening. I've got to get better family and friends, man. The, maybe uh, they'll like me if not you. Well, I think that may be the case. <laughs> <laughs> they, certainly. My wife would listen and say, no, no my wife does Ray listen. makes some good points. Yeah. My wife does not listen because <laughs> they, they, and you can understand that they hear enough of us but yeah no i've got true. some family and friends that are but listening you know what yeah. ray let me take some some issue with that look if my wife had a podcast i would listen absolutely yes. i would listen right i would be like well that's cool and i would talk to her about it right so yeah you can say no they probably I understand. there's some truth there patty will say to me i don't know if laura does this patty will say how'd the podcast go she didn't really want to oh, hear wow. any details i'll yeah. just say oh it went well and then oh, we no. move on my wife would doesn't even say a word no no, has well, I guess that's reflective interest. of your family and friends. Then yeah. I, I, I hit people a certain way. Look, like, well, how are we going to grow our numbers if only one of us can draw listeners? Oh man, I, I, I don't have the charisma within my own family. I'm, it's going to be tough to get a national uh, audience. I got to find a new partner, Tristan. Yeah, that, I always well, was waiting for you to dump me. You're the yeah, smart one. That's, that's, uh, oh, shit. I'm just, I'm just sticking around for the racism and sexy. That's it. And the girth Brooks. And that's right. Before my, before my career takes back off as Girth Brooks. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. What else you got, brother? Got kind of an odd story. This is kind of a solo story, but I'll get your, your thoughts on it. So 
you know that I've been selling this Porsche to this doctor in Tennessee for like I do six not. months. Tell me the story. So I've, I've had this Porsche 911. I wanted to get the Bentley that I drive. So I was like, I'm going to sell this Porsche and buy this Bentley. So what I did is I got like a bridge loan. So I paid for the, the Bentley. I had to sell the Porsche to pay off the Bentley loan. God, this is a douchey fucking. This is why my friends don't listen. This cocksucker's talking about his Porsche and his Bentley. So there's a pass there. But this doctor calls me from Oneida, Tennessee and says, Hey, I want the, I want the Porsche. Uh, it's exactly what I've been looking for. Uh, let me give you a deposit and I'll like, I'm waiting on this settlement from the city that owes me a bunch of money for working extra hours and I'll pay off in July. This was May. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Of this past year, yeah, this current so year, four months ago or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So he gives me, uh, I think 500,000 bucks as a deposit. I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. How well, much? Five hundred or a thousand dollars as a deposit. Five hundred thousand. Oh, no. What kind of a board? Man, five hundred or a thousand dollars. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So what happens is he just starts a couple weeks in, and he just starts sending me five hundred dollars a week. Oh wow! And I'm just like, all right, which kind of adds up. Okay, a couple grand a month. So May ends, June ends, getting into July, and he's still giving me five hundred dollars a week. And uh, so July is starting to come to an end. I'm like, so we're wrapping this thing up, right? And he's like. Well, I can't really wrap it up right now. I'm going to need a little more time. Like, can I just keep so giving he you he wants an installment plan. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not what we discussed. But wow. now, you know, he's paid me six grand or whatever. And so it's just this weird situation. I don't wow. want to, I don't want to screw him over, but also, you know, I've got three garage bays. I don't want one of them full while I'm waiting to, for, you know, for him to pay. So <laughs> I'm like, look, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Like, I've got a bank loan that I'm, I'm, I forgot to pay off, but like, I'll give you two more months or, or no, I, I'll give you till november so i give him to november he's still paying 500 a week and it, all the while i'm thinking is this some type of weird scam that i haven't heard about yet that somebody just sends you money for a while and then somehow they're able to steal your car i, I don't know but it was just really weird foreign guy so i was a little untrusting to begin with because we're all racist yeah a little bit nature. yes thank you um see <laughs> see everything comes around <laughs> So if it was a regular white guy, he'd have been a little, I would have, I would have had a little more room had he been just like traditional white or black guy, like more American. Guy. I got you. Um, but, if uh, we were racist, someone might say that. So a racist, someone who were racist might say, exactly. Yeah. So, but it, it's just this real weird thing. And so finally, like November came, November was ending and I messaged him and I'm like, look, man, like I've given you like five months. I can't just take $500 a week for like the next two years while you're like, I need to get this done. And he's like, well, you know, what if I up it to a thousand dollars a week? Wow. Right. And I'm like, man, I'm just not a car financer. So I like, I come up with these terms. I'm like, look, you're going to have to give me 2000 extra dollars a month for storage insurance and interest. And so he did that or like he agreed to do it. And then he did finally go pay and the get junk. the money. Yeah. Okay. So he, he just today I got, the oh, check. no kidding. Wow. And so I'm sprinting around with this cashier's check. But anyway, we got into this big fight the other night. Over the car, because you and him, me and him. Oh no, because shit. he's saying, and this is vocally on the phone or just on the on, vocally. Yeah, the, oh, and we wow. had not really talked for like the first four months. It was all on Facebook yeah, Messenger, yeah, and finally yeah, yeah. we were having this conversation. And he was saying, like he told me he overnighted the check, and this was like Friday, and it was a few days ago. He didn't overnight it; he sent it, mm -hmm. and so I was like, so I had arranged for him a delivery driver that was showing up, and I said, look, the only thing. The car's not leaving until I have the check. Sure. So, and he was just blown away by that. He couldn't understand how that was an issue. Like, it, like, dude, I, I have to have the money before right. the car leaves, which right. just seems mostly reasonable. Well, maybe he was thinking, look, I sent you these, this money. I'm, I've shown good faith. Yeah. Which but. is fine. But until you have the money in the bank, I look, agree. yeah. I 
So, especially as a foreigner, am I right? <laughs> yeah, and you half a Jew. I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course. I've got to get my money before he gets his car. <laughs> that was for you and him. Yes, I get <laughs> So, yeah. See, I see both sides, so, Tristan. And, and I'm getting to the fun part. So, his Facebook name is D-E-E and Ready. I probably shouldn't say his name, but no, I already you probably did. shouldn't. D-Ready. He's a doctor in Oneida, Tennessee. So, if you want to send him hate mail or tell him <laughs> random guys talking about him on his dumb podcast. But, uh. He gets mad at me for not calling him Dr. Reddy on the phone. Oh, wow. And I said, dude, we're both grown men. Like, to me, you're just D. Like, I'm not going to call you doctor. I'm just not. Like, if I met you at the hospital and you were working on me, if you were signing me a prescription, fine. He was really, really offended, like, to the point. And then he started referring to me in our messaging as Vice President Trisden. And I was like, no. (laughs) Don't do that. Like, I don't need formality. And then he would misspell the shit out of my name, too, which was like, but anyway, so it's just been this weird, like, six-month ordeal that's finally, like, light at the end of the time. Wow. And it's yeah, that's just crazy. the weirdest thing ever. So don't ever trade and sell cars. It sometimes can be a bit of a nightmare. Well, you're not going to stop. No, no, I'm not. Like, but I'm, I love I love pain. But you didn't get stiffed. That's the no, bottom line. No, I didn't get stiffed. And yeah, all's well, sort of that ends well. But that's man, crazy. What a yeah, that's long, an interesting story. Strange. Long drawn out. And then you know what? He's going to get it. And he's going to say, oh, the wheel has less oh, tread. On, you know, it's just going to be something. Yeah, so. probably so. Is he Arab? Uh, I, I, he's something. <laughs> I'm not sure. I would assume yes. So we're we're gonna have a, a Israel Hamas incident now over the vehicle. Oh, shit. But uh, so yeah, so that's been a big big part of my week. But uh, what about George Santos? You know what? I'm done, man. I hate when people say that. I hate when people go, "I'm done," but I'm done. I, like I was done three months. You didn't ago. get enough sleep last night, I and just, you just yeah. No, I mean I just I don't just good. He's gone now. Go away. I mean it was just I still go back to who was the Democrat who couldn't beat this guy? I mean, good <laughs> Christmas. Could that's we a, not find somebody point. who couldn't be? He's a rough guy to lose. How would you Holy like to be now the guy shit. that goes back to his attorney job in New York that just got his ass handed to him? I mean, good God. Oh, man. that's pretty rough. Well, I guess to be more specific, I do have a specific question, but if you've got something. Well, I was going to say, bigger news is McCarthy announced he's not rerunning. Right. He, or not re- he's not going to run again. Yeah. I guess that's rerunning, but that's pretty big Fair. news. I mean, here's a man who was the third most powerful p- politician in the country just four months ago. Now- He's not even rolling going out. to, yeah, he's rolling out. Yeah. And I don't know and if we'll Dems, just, what, be a lobbyist, I assume. Yeah. Or, and I don't know if Dems can steal that seat or not, but uh, those are two, I mean, it's New York and California. It's probably two seats that are in play with the tiny, tiny majority that they yeah. have Republicans. I would agree. Yeah. Pretty fascinating. Well, I guess my question more with Santos, but God, he's a lot of fun. I've got my, I actually wrote a top 10 for Santos. And Bo and Yang so. does a pretty good job with him. So many guys do. There's do a, they? Yeah. There's a guy that does uh, what we do in the shadows that does it. Maybe oh, right. Camel, right. Uh, Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I know who you're Ge- talking Harvey about. Harvey Gian. And, and uh, Yang, of course, funny. is SNL. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bowen does a great job. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everything you see with Trump is from the right. Well, the American people should decide. It's just up to the American people. It's not for us to impeach, like, away his right to run again, or, you know, it, the people should just sure. decide. So what happened to that with Santos, right? Like, <laughs> why not just, if it's so important that the people in your own personal district vote you in and out, why not let the man just stay? Right. Like, what what is the line where you're at with Santos that Trump has not quite yet met? Well, that's fair. I mean, yes, he basically fashioned himself on Trump. He was not truthful in the least. He embellished the shit out of everything. He, you know, on and on it went. And um, they got sick of him, but they don't get sick of Donnie. 
<laughs> I guess. It's crazy. Maybe because he's a gay there's, Mexican? There's, no, no, I think because there's only one Donald Trump. Ramaswamy, same thing. His numbers fair. are dropping. Yeah. Uh, that Carrie Lake out in Arizona. Trump is Trump, man. He's special. Yeah. He really is. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, but then I don't know, like, assuming Biden doesn't die, like, does Trump have the numbers to carry, like, the country? Like, we, That's going to be really interesting to see. I think women He's going to get that 35% no matter what. Like, those people are, you know, he literally could murder them in Times Square. Right. Or their most loved person, yeah, they would still vote for him. So. Yeah, and then undecideds are undecided, and yeah. they've got to figure out, do you really want to go through an, another four years of constantly Trump in your face? Uh, perhaps or, a or never plus, or perhaps a never, a not another election. Um, and, and I think Tony and Aaron will laugh at us and say, oh, that's crazy and ridiculous. But is it? Well, that's the thing. I think you've got literally two sides of the country and it feels like our half is like, well, look, we all saw January 6th. We still hear him talking about the election that he still won completely and convincingly. And it's hard to just ignore that as he's not going to have a vice president that won't do whatever he says in the next term. Right. He's not going to have a department of justice. That's not going to do whatever he wants in the next term. He's going to close those gaps. So to me, the thought of like, it's, he's just going to come in and leave after four years. Where's the evidence of that? Yeah. What are you basing? He's going to come in and just be Trump. He's going to be Trumpy, but he's going to leave. He's, you know, he's not going to mess with democracy. Where's your evidence of that? Right. And there's probably not, there's not going to be a John Kelly, a Rex Tillerson, a Bill no. Barr. The, the, the adults are not going to be in the no, room anymore. It's going to be Mike Lindell. And, Mike Lindell's. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. No, it could be a total shit show, but you know, it'll be entertaining. It will be that. So the last four years of democracy, it will be a good time if he wins. Come for the racism, stay for it. We're middle class. You're middle aged. I'm a senior ish white guy, Tristan. I hate to tell you something, but. Our life ain't going to be affected that much. No, that's probably. Well, until our podcast is shut down. Well, that's true. <laughs> that will be the first. Hey, I was fair to him. I said the guy's entertaining. He made me laugh. I, that quote about a dictator on day one. I mean, I because I know what he's doing. And you're pretty racist. So that he's alone just, I'm also, on, pretty, I'm also pretty racist. So that plays right Trump in. Trump will like that. Yes, he will. <laughs> but, you know, that dictator on day one is just to tweak the left and they fall for the bait every fucking time. Yeah. Well, here's a good stat. And this is kind of a Bernie Sanders stat. That I saw uh, this week, and I thought, man, that's crazy. And and again, I, we could probably do a show on it. I don't know if there's an answer to it, but I'll get your reaction on this stat. The top 1% of rich Americans right now, the top 1% that Bernie Sanders talks about, you may have seen the stat, now have more wealth than 100% of the middle class since tw now as of 2020. The entire middle class is worth... Less than the top one percent. So I need to know where that middle class. So so what makes you middle class? So is that from like uh, fifty to one hundred fifty thousand, something like that? Household Somewhere income. There, yeah. So the top one percent has more wealth than whatever that middle class is defined. In the entire at. middle class, and, and, in and the world, we'd in have the to we'd have to say that's probably a hundred and fifty million people. Yeah. Something like that. And the top 1% is what that would be. There's 360. I'm mean, at math now. So there's 360. Let's make the number easy. 350 million. What is 1% of 350 million? Uh, 350,000? Yeah, I think that's right. So 350,000 people have uh, an aggregate wealth in excess of 135 million people, say. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not a good system. It's, it's not. It's a system that's going to fail. There's a certain point where people are going to not be okay with that. Yes. And especially, you know, with as the middle class begins to shrink. See, I think Mexico like has run that way forever. 
Mexico's not a poor country. It's just that all the wealth is at the top and the people get shit on, you yeah. know, and that's why there's kidnappings and cartels and violence and it's nasty yeah. because they want to find a way to get their piece of it. Yeah. America sort of found a way around that with a little bit of representation for workers via unions and, you know, all that right. socialism of the, the early horrible. part of the 20th century, yeah. late 1800s, early 1900s, and all those people that, some of whom literally gave their lives for oh, workers. Shit. Yeah. Pearl Harbor true. Day? What? Commercial break. Oh, we got to do it and then probably <laughs> wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll take a quick break and thank our sponsors. And I'll go ahead and, and verbally thank too before we take the break. We do Poxy Tony. Hope you listen. Let's get you on next week. I want to bring Aaron in too for our old friend uh, from Berea Pond, um, which is now gone, but slash maybe coming back. Dad's flooring. We could not th thank them more. They very much are not racist, but we appreciate them owning <laughs> us the studio. Troy at Front Porch Studios, and of course, Nate with Stove Leg Media. And we'll be right back. Thank you, back. boys. Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days. Is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it? We Do Epoxy can fix that. Stop living with ugly concrete. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's Tony at 859-582-7920. Okay, how about that? I always well, love hearing from I, I don't know how we do it, man, but I know uh, our, our good friends here at uh, Dad's got to get out. It's pushing 5 o'clock. I, I don't know how or why or what we talk about or if it's any good, but we've killed another hour. So The hours do go fast. You got comedy? Yeah, I, I, I did write up a top 10 list. Nice. Week. Again, I always cool. think it's kind of a, cool. you know, a smug to assume it's comedy, but it's an attempt, <laughs> attempted comedy at least. <laughs> I'm right, sure my me... comedian friends that have done the show would say it's not. Let me open okay. up and see. I'm going to do this thing where I go to the dad jokes, the good, the bad, the terrible, and just read the very first one. Early one morning, a husband and wife were making breakfast together. The man was making an omelet and beating the eggs with a fork. The woman said to her husband, don't forget to add salt to the eggs, dear. The man replied, but I'm already assaulting the egg. That's terrible. Nice. Pretty good. Ah, this is even worse. What pastry wanted to rule the world? What pastry? Uh, <laughs> this uh, is so bad, but that's why they're dad jokes. The good, the bad, the terrible. Attila the bun. Oh, wow. That's really that was bad. rough. That's, both were rough. No, I would say that's not comedy. Um, <laughs> that one was rough. Comedy. I'm already assaulting. <laughs> that, was, that, that is not comedy. That was pretty rough. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, it was a good lead in for mine. Uh, so yeah. So thanks to dad's flooring with the dad jokes there. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll send the top 10 list out to, uh, to Tony at we do epoxy. He actually wrote one. We'll have to get him to start writing a few oh, more nice. of those as well. So this was George Santos kicked out of Congress this week. Uh, the top 10 things when he was asked, when George Santos was asked, asked what he would be remembered for in his stint in Congress. George Santos gave these following 10 answers. Okay. The number 10 things he said he would be remembered well, for. Before you do it, do you sure. need me to add the laughter? Or yes, Only please. if it strikes me. And no, no. No, laugh. Oh, oh, Even oh, if it's the Ed a, McMahon. You can do, oh, do, do oh, like a oh, Jerry Bowling. Oh, 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 like Santa Claus. You could just go, ho, ho, ho. Just used another name. You could have said JB. Yeah. I, mean, I like to out people as much yeah, as I can. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's you get awful. on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, I always appreciate any fake laughter. You know, it's... Uh, and again, I think the people at home sort of respond to it, like the music that they'll amp up in the background of corny movies and sure. start to feel the emotion because the music. And so, yeah, they're Fair laughing. Okay. Then they may even think it's funny. So, all right. Top 10 things George Santos said he would be remembered for in his stint in Congress. Number 10, killing bin Laden. <laughs> Number nine, founding Google. <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. All right. Number eight, 
fighting alongside Davy Crockett at the Alamo. <laughs> Where my brother just was. Oh, very He sent nice. me a picture, and he yeah. had a funny little pun. Was Santos still there? Uh, he, no, but he had a funny little pun. Uh, he, he said, uh, he sent a picture. They were in San Antonio visiting their son, and he said, just wanted to remember this. Because of the phrase. <laughs> the yeah, album. right, right. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> right, number seven on things George Santos said he would be remembered for remembered for in his stint uh, in Congress. Number seven, winning the Golden Bachelor. <laughs> oh, that's messy, messy, messy. Yeah. Number six. Do we need to see those old women out there? I mean, I know it's a, so we've been racist. Wow, now like, we're you know, going into sex. Let's go into misogyny. Oh, screw you, old women. You're not attractive <laughs> enough anymore. That says Ray. <laughs> we should make T-shirts. <laughs> Over 30. We don't think so, says Ray. Get your ass out of here. This is TV. This is a visual medium. <laughs> Number six, his marriage to the ghost of Strom Thurmond. Oh, God. Wow. He will be remembered for that. I rem that was on TV. Uh, number five, winning the Super Bowl. Yes. Yes, yes. Also, I don't know if you know, but Santos lies about a lot of stuff. He, yeah. Number four, writing the Harry Potter series. <laughs> number three, his artwork under the pseudonym Banksy. Banksy. He did not know he was Banksy, Banksy. until he said he, that's what he I actually, can you explain the Banksy reference? Uh, he's like the guerrilla artist that does a lot of kind of surprise art in a lot of okay, places cool, and it's cool, cool. extremely high valued art like you know he'll go right do you have any banksy oh god no no he and mostly like banksy would be like on the side of a building in new york but no but he sort of does it he's nobody anonymous. knows nobody wow, knows who he is he has wild. representatives banksy. that sort of learn something every day yeah cool. well, yeah so but you know. actually it's george santos it is george okay. santos now we didn't know now we know according to george that he that is, is okay got it so number two he introduced travis kelsey and taylor swift nice so that yes way he will definitely be re remembered for that it's a big we should do a travis kelsey and taylor swift show should we i think that would just be so entertaining <laughs> uh, and the number one thing george santos said he would be remembered for in his stint in congress number one Ending prohibition. Yes. Thanks, George. That's we perfect. Appreciate Georgie, that. we hardly knew you. Yeah. It was it was and again, George Santos like Trump. Entertaining. Entertaining. I'll give him that. He was fun to watch. Oh, absolutely and entertaining. I, yeah. yeah. But I don't want him running the country. No. No, it's a fair point. Like Santos just keeps rolling. I, I mean, Santos is gone, but Trumpy just keeps rolling along. Yeah, he's sticking around. Have a great week, brother. Hey, you too, right? It's always fun. And we do know that it's Aaron and Tony next week. We don't, but I'm going to try to make that happen. I spoke to Aaron. We'd have a fourth today. mic. Are they going to share a mic? Uh, I'd like to see them share a mic. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that would be <laughs> ideal. We do have a fourth mic floating around here somewhere, but yes, we'll have to hook it up. If not, yeah, maybe they'll, you know, they'll get a little close. A little, and, little close and intimate yeah, and cozy. Be the best well, of buds. You know those Republicans, man. They, did you see the story about the Moms Down. for Liberty? No. Uh, so the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, you know what that is at Real Right? We, somebody called yeah. him Clanned Karenhood. <laughs> <laughs> she's involved in a tryst a three-way her husband supposedly may have raped the woman ziggler oh, is no. the last name oh yeah check wow. it out uh, just google ziggler from planned parent or planned parent <laughs> planned karenhood from moms for liberty wow it's the, like mar says these republicans that are all hung up usually have a little well, couple you, of skeletons in the closet thou those protest much right yes like that's, uh, I shakespeare that up, yes but exactly right that's too yes yeah, i can't say it either it's yeah. that shakespeare stuff tommy you know it yeah, it's a little above our head now that we live in kentucky <laughs> indeed <laughs> all right have a great week you too right